All right, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Directed Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how to build a more intentional life and career. Today's favorite, becoming a, a favorite recurrent uh, guest, Seth Marlowe, nice. um, who's had an awesome career in sales, um, has a lot of insights to offer there, uh, not only uh, additional insights as a, a parent of a Praxis alum, uh, but today we're going to dive into a, a fun topic um, a topic that I think the average young adult today who's early in their career or pre-career may be lacking some important context on, which is like how to, how to go about, uh, how, how to go about advancing, um, whether you have a job yet or you're in an organization and you're thinking in the context of how do I make professional advancements? So they're at this company or kind of in my own career, um, Seth, I want to set you up first as, as we talk about this is like, what are some of the things that should be at the forefront of every young adult's mind, you know, your typical young professional who's in an organization and saying, uh, how can I get the most out of this experience? Um, how can this particular job or company give me the most uh, benefit for my career right now. And there's, I know there's tons of segues and rabbit trails we'll chase here, but that's kind of one of the starting point that I want to, I want to roll with. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, especially early in a career and a lot of this is now that I'm old and I can look <laughs> back and if I could do it again, what would I have done differently? Um, I think early in the career, it's just, it's so it's, it's being somewhere where you're, you're having a lot of opportunity to learn and try and fail without that being highly punitive. You yeah. know, if you're in a role where, you know, close to perfection is expected, or you're in a role where, hey, all you're allowed to do is the following three things and stay in your lane and that's it, and, and you're not allowed to veer out, um, that's tough. You know, I think yeah. so. It's, it's being somewhere where you've got some some freedom to, to do those types of things. Um, and being, I think, the and then the, the, the last thing that's just kind of popped in my head is, really early on working a lot around your communication skills, your writing skill, your ability to talk about yourself, your ability to advocate for yourself. Hey, yeah. you gave me these three tasks and you told me to focus on those. There's two more tasks that I can add value in this, in this business. Can we talk about those? I think a lot of young people that I, that I interact with are, are a little afraid of those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so it's building confidence around your communication skills. Yeah. You make a good point. Uh, that that last one in particular about being proactive to kind of identify opportunities where you can be, you know, you can increase that margin of value you're offering to the business. I know that um, even for me, I would say I'm I'm kind of high on that initiative, more of a ask forgiveness than permission type personality. But even for me, going into the you know some of my early career experiences, it was still like, what's my what's my leeway here? I don't want to be the brown noser. I want to be valuable, but I don't, I, I want to do this right. And I also don't want to upset the apple cart. Um, I think that in particular, reflecting on my experiences, even like a lot of young adults that we work with, the people, the longer someone has stayed in traditional schooling format, where it's like assignment test, here's how you get the grade. Almost the, the more difficult that hurdle is to overcome of just proactively going and being valuable and taking an idea as far as you can before somebody says, Hey, all right. You know, like, like chill out, you know? Yeah. 
It's a good point. I, yeah, I, would, I think if, if there's something I look back on and I, I learn is that the real world was kind of the opposite of the education system in, in terms of what's valued is, you know, in the education system, what's valued is really your ability to, to follow rules and to, to do things that you're told to do. And what's valuable to me as a, as a manager or executive now is for somebody to come in and do things without me having to tell them a single thing to do. Yeah. You know, where, where they just they just make things happen. I, I don't even have to tell them what to do. You know, so again, I think when you're younger, it's a little hard to have that kind of confidence that I'm allowed to do that or I'm yeah. supposed to do that. And so when you can when you can do what you said is, is you know, how much leeway do I have here? Um, as long as I kind of check the boxes of the stuff that you need to make sure that I do. I did all my data entry and I finished at two o'clock between two and five. Can I experiment? Can I find some new ways to add value to the company? Yeah. And I think that's it is difficult for a lot of young adults is I, I think there there does have to be some s- sort of some set of parameters about, hey, here is the assignment. Here is the grade. Here's how you pass the test. You do have to do these things. This is the bare minimum table stakes for for success, um, not exceeding expectations, but like meeting expectations in yeah. this role. This is yeah. the test. But that's like. That's not how you ascend to becoming a VP in five years. That's not how you like no. radically grow your income is by like passing the test. Like if you're just getting an A, you're probably not doing as much as you can for yourself as a young professional. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. I think the the people, you know, the, the people who have advanced, I've been in a company now for a little over 10 years, an amazing company. I love working here. And the people who you know, who you, you see advance, either the people that are in the same areas of the business that I'm in, but it, or in people in different areas of the business are, are definitely, yeah, they are definitely not, right? It, it is, it's the people who you go, when you see somebody get promoted, you go, that's exactly the kind of person that got promoted. I mean, the three things that she did last month were just amazingly valuable to the business. Yep. And a lot of times it's not necessarily the things that were probably on the job description when she signed, uh, when she signed on to join the business. Yep. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. That's, been very representative of my experience as well. So something else I want to ask you and get your take on, and I've thought about this a lot over the years, and I've advised a lot of young adults on this too. And it, it, it kind of changes from time to time, depending on what someone's sort of short-term career goals are, but it's how do you identify the right type of early career experience based on what it is you're, you're after. And so, um, to clarify that a little bit, like I'm a young adult, I have a particular goal in mind. Um, you know, maybe it's just, we'll just say it's, it's nebulous, but it's, I want to make the most professional progress as I can over the next two years. Um, maybe it's, Hey, I want to be, um, the best salesperson possible. Um, I know I want to, you know, do X, Y, Z. There are going to be varying levels of clarity, but how do you go? Uh, how do you look out in the job market and labor market? There are all these different companies. There are all these infinite numbers of different job titles and roles. How do you find the right types of companies, the right types of roles, the right types of sort of environments and leadership teams, and all those different sort of um, like variables that you're you don't you don't know yeah. about when you're eighteen to twenty five? Like you just don't have enough professional context. But how do you kind of like? Do as good of a job as you you possibly can to have really high confidence that like, hey, 
any one of these five companies out of 10,000, if I get hired there, like that's going to be really valuable for me. Because I think that's something that, I mean, that's always hard, you know, at whatever stage you're at in your career. That's a, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's, it's the, the age of your first job is the hardest one to get. Yeah. You know, the first job is the toughest one. Um, I think yeah, the thing that was popping into my head as you were asking that question is, boy, one of the best things I would recommend. And we talked, you and I talked about this a little bit the last, last time we got together was network is that talk, just talk to as many people as you can talk to and let people get to know you and let them help you. Because it's it's really hard to identify, okay, these five companies are the five that I would want to go to. Yeah, It's hard to know that unless you are talking to people who are in that company who tell you that. Like, oh, you want to get into sales and you want to see if sales is the right career for you? Man, this is the place to do it. We have a special program for bringing in people to start out in sales. You spend your first six months as a, as a business development rep or an SDR. You then graduate to this and then you do that. Like, it's perfect for people like you. You yep. define that, right? Yep. And so it's and it's hard to find that on the company's website, or it's a hard it's hard to do a Google search. Yep, that's going to find that. So I know it's something you guys teach too. Is just is finding ways to to cold reach out to people on LinkedIn and just talk to people within an industry or within a company that you're potentially interested in. And most people will reply. A yep. lot of people will go, "Yeah, I'd love to have coffee with you. I'm happy to answer whatever questions you have or jump on a Zoom meeting." Yep. No, that, that's a great point. One of the things that, as you were talking, I was I was thinking about. So, I see this all the time with young adults, but I also see it with you know seasoned professionals as they're thinking about their career, career changes, and it's almost this a, a, a universal human tendency to be like, I want certainty, and so people, you know, ask me career advice. I think this is also what the job people hire college for in many cases is like. How do you guarantee I have a successful career? How do you guarantee, you know, what is the um, what is the path or set of decisions that gives me absolute certainty that I'm going to be successful? And I think that is that's there such a thing. thing? No, it, I don't think <laughs> yeah. there is. I don't think there is. But I, I think that there's this this illusion that there is. And yeah. in my experience, it's always been a, a matter of like. You can't have there are no 100 percent. uh there are no spots on the roulette table that are 100% likely to happen next spin. But what you're trying to do is reduce that margin of uncertainty just ever so slightly so that you can have like increased confidence that the bets you're making will pan out because, and, and this is, you know, some of the advice I like to give is like, just eliminate some of the bad options. Like if you can find two or three things you that are absolutely not a fit, start there, cross those things yeah. off. Now you've got a slightly smaller list to work from of things that seem like good outcomes, but it's it's often difficult to uh, it's it's often difficult to even make decisions though when when most of your life as a young adult I think there's this illusion that's like hey there's one cur- perfect career path out there and so finding really cool um, just really cool things you're you're naturally interested in and curious about and uh, second probably more importantly like jobs you can actually access today. Yeah. And I, so, yeah, that's what I was kind of jokingly asked. Like, there, there is no such thing. There is no guarantee. And I, you, know, as you well know, right? I mean, neither, neither of my daughters went to college. And part of, the, part of the reasoning was I just, it's hard for me to understand how what we're going to do here is that at the age of 19, you're going to decide on a career. 
that you're going to do yeah. for the rest of your life. And that's called a major. And so <laughs> you're going to get a, like, you're going to get a degree in that thing. And then that's what you go do. And it's like, I just, man, that is looking back on life as an old dude. That is not how it goes at all. It's a, it's a series of journeys and paths and the simplest decision that you make that you don't even realize you just made, you look back on three years later and go, that's one of the biggest decisions I ever made. And I didn't even know it at the time. And so, yeah, I think early on, it's just, it's so much more about, don't, don't, don't worry about that because there is no such thing. It's, there's three or four or five things that are, are universally valued when people have a business and they're looking for people to enter. There are three to five things really that, that if you consistently do them, they just set you apart. Yep. And, it, and when you are set apart, you don't even have to ask for opportunities. They are brought to you yeah. um, because it's fairly rare to be set apart in those ways. I, I think back to where I was at age 17, 18. So I'm, I'm a complete failure by 17, 18 year old Mitchell standards. I wanted to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. Um, I don't, I didn't go to medical school. You're not a pediatric neurosurgeon today? Nobody wants me operating on their brain, uh, today, but I, I think back to sort of what happened, you know, since, since that. And I think back to like kind of this point in time. And a lot of the pressure, I, I know I felt this when I was 17, 18, coming out of high school. I know that a lot of people feel this is that pressure to, you know, here's the one perfect path. Here's the one perfect major. Here's the one perfect sort of entry point. And if you do these things, everything's going to work out. What I think the byproduct of that pressure often turns into is this, this fear that you're going to choose wrong and that there yep. are like you can't. Unless you choose right uh, at the start of your career, you're just doomed for failure. And yeah, anyway, I, 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 mentioned the, I mentioned the thing about like me wanting to be a pediatric neurosurgeon because I was wildly wrong about the thing that brings me fulfillment today. But what sort of choosing this, what I would say definitely audacious goal did for me is I built up a lot of positive momentum that once I had a little bit better clarity about what I wanted to do, that momentum carried, it transferred. It wasn't like I just had this dead end path that now I have to go back to the beginning and start over again. It was, you know, you're not always going to have perfect information, but if you can find something that's reasonably exciting that you actually think is valuable for you, just go all in at that now. And don't be afraid that if it doesn't work out, you're going to fall flat on your face and not have options. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, like I have a 24 and 21 year old. So, I, I, you know, I, and I remember, I kind of remember being 24, barely. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think there, there is a tremendous, I think if I kind of summarize what you've said and think about some of the conversations I've had with teenagers, especially when my daughters were teenagers, and, you know, the friends will be over and we just talk. And what's it going to be like when you grow up? And what, what is it? What is a job and all that? It's, there is definitely that preconceived notion that there's like this, this linearness to it. Yeah. There's a linear aspect to it is I, I go do this and I go to school and I get a degree and I get into that job. And then once I'm in that job, I advance up. I gradually, I, I get paid more and I move, maybe I become a manager or a vice president or CEO, like whatever. And it's just so many conversations of, Oh my goodness. Like, no, that's not at all. Like, <laughs> that's not at all how it works. So it's, it's just a series of, it's just a series of events and situations and so your point, yeah, every event or situation, you know, it, it's some, something you will learn something, you will take something from that, and then that will turn into something else. And honestly, you're not going to know what it is in advance. Um, you know, the, ran- the randomness of how things evolve is, 
is, is a totally real thing. So it's, what am I trying to say is that I think the, the kind of the college path, I think it kind of embeds that linear mindset. Yeah. And then when you get out in the real world and it's not linear, it kind of freaks you out a little bit. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Cause I think, I think you just brought up something awesome. That's definitely worth covering, you know, for, for this kind of persona we're, we're talking about, like the young professional is who's looking forward to their career. So this idea of like a linear path, one of the things that I, I think is dangerous about that path beyond what you just carried out is this idea that your advancement or progress personally, professionally, financially is all a function of like a preset, uh, preset inputs and then time. It's like check the boxes. And as long as you're checking the boxes and you allow for enough time, you're going to climb up the hierarchy of value. And that's just not how the real world works. It doesn't, it's not not like how long have you been here? It's how valuable have, you know, what have you done for me lately? What kind of value have you created? That's a better sort of North star for your career than how do I get in a cool company and stay there for 20 years? Yeah. What, what, what value have you created or what value can you convince me that you will create? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, probably if I look back over on hiring, like, the best hire I still probably would say I ever made and I got lucky at it was I needed, I, you know, I had a, I had a role to fill. And if you looked at the job description and you compared what was needed in the job description to this person who was referred to me, she, there was not a thing in her resume that lined up to the job description, but someone I really value and trust referred her to me and hired her and, She's an absolute superstar. There, there were there were no boxes checked that aligned to the job description. There was no experience that aligned to the job description. Uh, there was intelligence. There was attitude. Um, there was communication capability. Again, like the three to five things were just so obvious. Yep. And those people can do. People who get good at those things can do anything. Yep. That that reminds me of you know somebody that I I worked with years ago. So we were hiring, um, this was a, a software company or building financial software. And we were looking for somebody to come in, like build out the technical support function of the team. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, like here's a path to becoming a product manager. And the person that we hired for it was a marine biologist before. Had no, like entirely wild yeah. out of left field, like no correlation to sort of this part. But she came in and she absolutely crushed it. And was like, one of... I would say like on the top up there in the ranks of like favorite people I've ever worked with was just an absolute rock star. But um, on paper, you would have never like picked that person out of a stack and said, Hey, here's somebody who's going to crush it in this role. You never know. Yeah. You don't. Well, yeah. I, I shared that story with, you know, my daughters and others or whatever. And she knows who she is. She listens to this podcast. She yeah, knows yeah. who she is. Yeah. We still work together. She's a good friend. Um but yeah, it's really sure that story is that I, I feel like, again, if I go back to when they were 16, 17, 18, and we'd be sitting around talking about this stuff, I would say, I, I think you guys think that you get hired based off of credentials or you mm-hmm. get hired. And yes, there are, there are, there are careers and jobs where that is the case. You do need certain credentials to be an engineer yep. or to be a neuro neurological, you know, whatever. But most of those things, that's not what people value. Yep. Okay. And so if you feel like the, the the job, what you do is you build credentials and then you build experience. And then once I've had 
five years of experience doing this, that I automatically qualify to go do this. It just doesn't work that way. It yeah. just really doesn't work that way. So that mindset, I think, is uh, is pretty prominent. The, the more you're inside of that system in education, the more that mindset is prominent. And again, I think when you when you get out and you're 23 or 24 or 25, and that's actually not how things work, you're just you're not sure what to do with it. Yeah, and it's almost like that that way of thinking is it probably was accurate, but for one pixel in a timeline, like there, there is a perfect path to an opportunity that is right, exactly right now. And then things are going to change. The market's going to change. There's going to be new technology. Like there are so many other variables that, that make that sort of idea of like, here's this perfect linear path. It just, it makes that not true and definitely not like representative of most people's careers. I love, you know, love asking people about their careers. And it's always like this really messy process. Very, very rarely is it like yeah. it was A to B to C to D. It sometimes now, is. It sometimes, it sometimes is. is. And I think, yeah, but it's almost, it's usually not. It's usually like, yeah, if you sit back and talk to somebody who's 50 or 60 years old, who had, you know, a 20 or 30 year career and say, so like, take me through it. Like, what were the highlights? Like you need, like, again, if you're a young person, Go have lunch with some of those people and ask them because yeah. what they're going to tell you is what I'm doing today versus what I was doing five years ago versus what I was doing 15 years ago. And then even what I was doing when I was 30 compared to what I thought I was going to do was I was in college. It's laughable yeah. how different it'll be. Yeah. Usually it's laughable how different it is. So, and, and that's okay. Just lean into that and if you lean into that and engage and start your career that way, I just, it's just so much better because that is actually kind of how it's going to play out. I, every few years I go back and I update this, but I have sort of this, this, this map of like, here's what I wanted to be when I grew up at different points in time. And, <laughs> and, and then I have, another I haven't done that. I wish I had, you got to do it back on a, what, a, what, a, what an idiot I was. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I get that. You know, there's, there's like, dozens it's not like a handful it's like dozens and dozens of different things at different points in, in in time and then i've also gone back and been like all right let me chart out all the different jobs both unpaid and paid what was i actually doing what was i interested in at that kind of point in time in my life and it's really interesting to see like it's hard to know how it's going to work out you have this kind of very linear way of thinking how things are going to work out but almost always, as you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, there's sort of like all these happy accidents that emerged looking backwards of like, I was interested in this thing. And so I went and did this and I met this person and I learned about this. And like, you can't predict that type of serendipity that happens when you're making forward progress, even though sometimes it feels like you can map it out in advance. It's just, it's impossible to do. Yeah. It's, I mean, like I... I, I went to college, right? So I, I got an undergraduate business degree with a focus on economics. I had no idea what kind of job that was supposed to be. So what did I do? What a lot, what a lot of people do is I just got my master's, yeah. right? Because I didn't know what else to do. So I got my uh, you know MBA with a focus in finance. So at that point, I'm going to be an investment banker. I'm going to go into banking or investments or something. I graduated from graduate school and I was an IT manager at a manufacturing company. <laughs> All right. And then I went from an IT manager to a salesperson or a pre-sales person where I did demos. And then from that into sales, like I just, I never would have thought. And even when I was 
in my first job, someone was like, well, have you ever thought about sales? And I'm like, no, I thought about sales. <laughs> Why would I do that? That's like, like car salesmen. And they're like, no, you dummy. That's not what all salespeople do. I hadn't even thought about it. So just the randomness. Yeah. And, and then it's how that evolved and the type of company that I would sell. Like, it's just been so, and I guess, you know, what I do, what I wouldn't want though, young people to think is, well, if it's all random, then what's the point? You know, if it's totally yeah. random, then what do I do? So maybe I don't spend time on that. It's that, Yes, it's it's kind of random, and it's it's un but it's un it's or it's unpredictable. But the behaviors and the things that you need to emphasize and get good at that's not random. Yeah, and that's not unpredictable. It's that if you if you kind of master those things, then opportunities present themselves, and those will take you in all kinds of different directions. Yeah, so I think there's there's two things here. One you just covered, and I'm gonna I want to add another another point too. So number one is like there is sort of this universally true set of behaviors and things that are going to give you forward momentum. And even if you don't have clarity about what you want to do, those are true. There are mm-hmm. valuable things you can do um, to add to your sort of human capital value, like your skill set, you know, actually getting experience, getting mentorship, all those building your network, which you, you mentioned. Number two, I think back to, you know, some of the steps in my early career, you, you got me, my wheels turning too. Like when I came out of college and I wanted to go to medical school originally, when I came out of college, I knew I wanted to start a business. I didn't know how. So everybody told me, go back to law school and get an MBA. Like you'll have both credentials. You'll have the corporate finance route, which will be useful, or you'll have the ability to go in and, you know, be like a, a COO or something, or like you'll, you'll be able to get you know, ground floor access to how businesses work, and then you'll be ready to be an entrepreneur. But what I knew coming out of college and I knew before I wanted to go to college is like, I want to make a lot of money. And I, I it wasn't just like, I wanted to be wealthy. It's like, I wanted freedom. I wanted optionality. I wanted control over my time or whatever. But the first job I got out of college, it was in financial advising and the way that I was convinced to take this job. that was You got the job I was supposed to do. I'm a finance <laughs> guy. I was supposed to do what you did. You took I, my was, job probably. Yeah, probably. But it was a complete detour from what I was interested in at the, the point in time. It was a yeah. job that it, it temporarily excited me. The way that, that, uh, the way that I got lured into this, though, is the, the guy that interviewed me opened up his briefcase. He pulled out his last month's pay stub and he handed it to me and it was for $76,000, which looking back, I was kind of douchey, but he was like, he was like, this is how much money I made last week. He's like, if you want to make a lot of money and and like be successful, this job offers that path. And I was in my mind, my immediate reaction was one, yes, I do want to make a lot of money, but I think that the next stop along the way is law school, MBA and I want to be able to afford that. I don't want to go into debt. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of thing, it's a valuable checkpoint towards this longer term goal that I have. And so I mentioned there's two things. One, the behaviors that are universally valuable. But I think also there's, you have sort of these not completely articulated ideas about what you want your life to be like in the future. And I think some people have more clarity than others. I would say I had a pretty high resolution idea that I wanted to have money and that the things I wanted to do long term were going to require capital. And so it was like, how do I accumulate capital? How do I learn how to do business and and like avoid bad debt? But I didn't mm-hmm. know like 
what I wanted to do business-wise. I didn't know, hey, here's the type of business I want to start. Here's what skills I have to offer. And so I think it's a matter of like, when you don't know what to do, focus on the universally valuable behaviors and then take sort of those clues about how you think you want your life to be down the road based on what you know today. And like, if there's a cool opportunity that helps you do two, two of those things, like don't stress out if it's the wrong thing. Like it's, it's helping you make forward progress. Yeah. I think it, like you, you said, I, I, like I wanted to start a business, but I had no idea how to start a business. Yep. And of course, like, how would you, right? You're yeah. whatever old you were, you know, you're yeah. 22 or 23 and you never started a business. So how, how could, so for any, anybody who's 18, 20 or 22, I'd say, well, of course, how could you know how to do that? Well, then what should I do? Uh, and I read every one of your blog posts. So I know you already said this, but um, what you should do is, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier is go, go on to LinkedIn or go talk to people uh, to go talk to people, you know, and does anybody know anybody who's an entrepreneur who really needs somebody to come into their business and add value? Uh, and can I talk with them? Yep. And so eventually what you want to do is go work for a small business and work for someone who has started a business and add value for that person and maybe start out doing it for free. Hey, if you yep. give me a shot, I'll add value for you. And it won't be very long where they'll feel bad about not paying you and they will start paying you. If you add value, <laughs> yeah. people are going to pay. Yeah. Right. And so it's, but yeah. So how do you, if one of my daughters said, hey, I want to start a business, but I don't know how that that's what I'd say to them. Well, then go work for somebody who just started a business uh, and learn from them. And then if six months in, based on what you learn, you're like, oh my gosh, this is way harder than I thought. I actually don't want to start a business. Well, gosh, that's a, that would be a failure. Oh, that's not a failure. You, you, just, you just learned something that you now understand you're either not ready to do or you don't want to do now. So then stop that and then pick something else. Yep. And that, that's, kind of, that's kind of the point. I think that's you know, a little bit of what we're talking about is I, there, there's not this like you're going to get a major and enter this career for the rest of your life. It's just not really how it goes. So don't worry about that. Just start trying things and add, try to add value in certain areas and things evolve. Yeah. It's, so it's this kind of like continuous process over and over and over again of here's kind of the range of option sets that I see before me. Let me eliminate options that aren't the right path or I think aren't the right path. And then yeah. the flip side of that is let me validate certain paths that do seem like like the right thing for it. I think back again, you know, back to my experience sort of I knew I wanted to start a business. I thought law school, MBA was the best way to do that. I went and worked for a law firm for six months. And I knew coming out of that job, I was like, I probably don't need to be an attorney. Like these people seem <laughs> miserable. I, I sent subpoenas out on Thanksgiving Day. Like I had to work on oh, Thanksgiving. Goodness. I was sending out subpoenas and I was just like, <clears throat> I could never do this as a profession. So I need to go back to the drawing board and figure out, is there another way for me to kind of figure out how to start a business without going to law school? Because this isn't the right path. And so it was like, okay, cross this option off. Yep. Who like help me validate another alternate path towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, and may, maybe, uh, you know, we've talked some about, so So then as you're doing that, what are the universally valuable things that you learn how to do that you get good at? Yeah. And if you're good at those, then opportunities present themselves. So when, when, when you and I are saying that, what's popping in your head? But what are those things? Yeah. So 
before we before we hit record and we were kind of thinking through this idea, there was this idea of leverage that we were talking about. Like, how do you yeah. increase leverage as a young adult, as a professional in the job market? And I think that there are tiers to that, and there are sort of like higher resolution tiers to that. When you're just starting out, the first things that I think of are number one, they're very like reputation based for you. You need to be the person who shows up. Be the person who's like volunteering to take on every opportunity and then actually deliver on those things that you said you're going to do. And even before you know what skills you want to develop, what types of jobs you want, like those things are universally valuable in any context. And they're the types of things that lead to one more opportunity two like professional advancement, uh, three, like the respect of your peers, which sort of translates into, I have all this social capital I'm accumulating, which means like mm-hmm. the value of my network is, is more. I think that's sort of like tier one. If you can do those things with the goal of like, Hey, you know what? My first job, I want to get as much useful experience as I can, regardless of what that job is. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm literally like answering the phones at an office but I want to like get as much value as I can out of this experience with the goal that over the next 12 months, I want to get a little bit better idea about what is the sort of more niche path that I want to go down. Maybe it's like, I want to work in sales. I want to work in marketing. I want to work at this type of company. But like before you know that, it's it's not worth stressing over all the possible skills you could develop. You need to build up sort of the 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 foundation of I can be a valuable professional in any context. That's like number one thing that I would say is universally valuable first. I, I agree hundred percent, you know, and I, well, and it's probably, it would, you'd probably say it's included as part of that is you kind of mentioned it is always showing up. It's the, the simple things like being on time and time mm. management and punctuation in your writing, like to like low maintenance, yeah, like being the person that requires no management in any of those areas, because when I don't have to, you know, if I don't have to manage you in any of those things, then I have plenty of time to think about things that I would love to have you try to do. Yep. But if if I can't trust you, if I can't trust you to show up on time, or I can't trust you with some of those maintenance level items, I'm not ready to give responsibility. I'm not ready to give high value type projects, and high value type projects done well are what turn into a lot of money. You know, everybody, when they're young, same as you, I want to make a lot of money. Okay. You want to make a lot of money, then you need to deliver a lot of value. Yep. And so I'm, I'm never going to think about giving you something that can deliver a lot of value. If, if the simple things you're not doing, Yep. you got to nail those simple things. And when you nail those simple things, I start to think about something that's not so simple that I would want you to do. You, you brought up another great point last time we were, we were talking and I want to be sure that we add this one too, um, because this one's so simple but it's, it's okay. attitude. Oh yeah. Your attitude. Like that is a universally, universally valuable thing is you can control your attitude. And if you are the type of person that's always eager to tackle on a project, you're going to find yourself with plenty of opportunities to be the person who gets the, gets the project. But when I think is like my time as a manager or even, you know, and past experiences with coworkers. When somebody has a bad attitude, sometimes you tiptoe around them. It's like, ah, you know what? 
it's just going to be easier for me to do this on my own versus delegate this thing that, you know, it probably could be a cool project for them. But like, I just don't want to deal with like upsetting the apple cart with them because like they're not going to have a good attitude about it. And that's that's not like that's where I would say there's universally (laughs) negative things you can do to to that are harmful towards you as you're you're trying to make progress. Oh, so much. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah. The ad- attitude, it's back to, if you want to, if you want to make a lot of money, you, you have to find ways to add a lot of value. If, yeah. if you add value, you will be rewarded again is a hundred percent of the time. Are there situations where people are treated unfairly? Of course there are bad things happen to good people. Um, people who deserve to be promoted or paid certain ways don't like, of course it happens, but generally speaking, if you consistently deliver a lot of value, you are going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but to be given to deliver a lot of value, you have to be given the opportunity to deliver value. And those opportunities will be presented to you uh, when you have a really good attitude. Exactly like you said, hey, God, man, there's something that the CEO just told me is a really important initiative and I don't have time to do it. I need somebody who can own this. Yep. Man, who could own this? Sally can own this. Like, I don't know if I give this to her, I don't have to, I don't have to micromanage her. I know she's got all the, again, all the simple things like she does already. I don't have to worry about that. She's, she's aggressive. She's positive. She is respected in the organization. People like her. That's who I'm giving it to. Yep. And when she successfully delivers that value that rolls back up to something that the CEO asked for, guess what? A year or two from now, Sally will be making a lot more money than she does today. And that's kind of the, that's the way careers work. And you know, I had to learn this the hard way as a young professional because I was, I was, you know, somewhat uh, not tactful, uh, a little bit hyper aggressive, and like I'm going to come in and just I'm going to, you know, uh, climb the ranks. But what you just said reminds me of of something valuable too. Is there has to be a story that makes sense to everybody else. So if you're a young young professional and maybe you are capable of value. Of creating a, a certain number, you know, certain set of value, a certain amount of value. There's certain things that you you know that you know how to do, but not mm-hmm. everybody else is convinced of them. It may not even matter if you can can if you can convince one other person that that's like, you know, maybe you're a young person, you convince the CEO that you can do this, but the CEO's like, I don't know if everybody else is gonna like buy into this because this person right. hasn't been like tactful with everyone or there's got to be this this sort of like progression where you're building it's not just social capital but you're you are proving yourself capable of opportunities that you haven't yet proven yourself capable yep. if that makes sense yep. like your it track does. record has to be somebody that is worthy of of the organization taking a bet on even if you haven't done that particular thing before you have to be somebody who's like, all right, hey, last time we gave this person a, you know, a, a task that they were unproven on, they hit it out of the park. Definitely, we want to give them this next thing. Yeah, and it, you know, a, a company is nothing more than a collection of people, and and every person inside of a business has needs and goals and wants and dreams and desires, just like you do. Yep. And they're, you know, they 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 have things they need to get done, and they need help. You know, and so there, there is never a shortage of opportunity. Um, and I, you know, I, I look back, like I, it, it's, it's perfectly okay to ask for an opportunity. That's perfectly okay. I, I just, I would say that if, if your attitude is good, and all the stuff that we've talked about, 
I feel rare, rarely will you have to ask. Yep. You will be asked because it's just, if you think about yourself, like who do, who do you, if you need something done, I don't know if you're 18 or 20 or 22 years old, I don't know if like, like if you, if you're, if you had to hire somebody to do something, if there was something in your life that was important, if you were starting a business and you knew you needed an accountant, what would you value? Yep. What would you value? What, what would cause you to hire somebody? What kind of person would you want to work with? It's kind of that. And if you're that kind of person, then in your inside of a business, people will seek you out and give you opportunities. Yep. Yep. That's, that's good. I, li- I like that idea of like, hey, just think about, I think that's a good way of, of, framing up what are those unarticulated universally valuable things like you you know what they are if you sit down and think about the type of people that you know you the types of people you would want to work with if you were in the other side of the equation Here, here's a it just popped my head I, I wrote a i wrote a goofy blog post uh this was a few years ago but i wrote it a, it was around the topic of you know college and credentials or whatever and so i wrote a blog post saying if i think back to when my daughters were young and we would, we would need a babysitter. Okay. What I, the blog post was, there is nothing in my life that's more important than those two little girls. Like that's everything to me. I'm going to hire somebody to take care of them while I'm not there. There's, I don't know that there's a more important hire that I was trying to make at that point in time of who can I trust to take care of these precious two individuals that mean everything to me. And so what was I not looking for when I was trying to hire a babysitter? Is somebody who said I graduated from babysitter school, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's no such thing. It's what, what did I look, what did I do? I would talk to other parents and say, you know, have you ever had, who, who's a great person who has taken care of your kids, who is trustworthy, yep. who's on time, who's responsible, all those things. That That's how I hired a babysitter. Had nothing to do with a credential. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, I know it seems like, no, it's not, but Trust me, that's basically the way the real world works. Yep. That is how people make hiring decisions. And that's how people make opportunity to deliver value decisions. Um, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Because again, I've, I've never made a more important hire than who's going to take care of my children. And, and if you told me it was somebody who, who went to babysitter school, I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care that you sat in a classroom to be taught how to babysit. I care that someone I trust tells me you're really good at it. We, we got to check if babysitter school is an actual real thing, but... <laughs> it might be. If it's not, maybe maybe we start that business. We've been talking about starting a business. Maybe Market opportunity. Business. Market Market opportunity. opportunity. There's not a single thing. But yeah, yeah. Jo- joking aside, yeah, I think it's if it's something I try to impress on on you know people starting a career is just just again think of it that way. It, it is if if you're just that person, um, opportunities will come to you, and and don't worry about what you're going to be doing eight years from now, or maybe even two or three years from now. Just worry about what you're doing over the next few days and weeks to be that person. And if you just consistently do that, they will come. The opportunities will come. Absolutely. All right. This has been a great episode. Any final closing thoughts to tack onto that? That was a pretty strong closing statement. No, I'm not going to do it. I can't, I can't do any better than that. Can't do any better than that. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Find those universally valuable things to focus on as you advance forward. Don't worry about picking the perfect thing. Just make forward progress. It'll all work out. Take a deep breath. And if you're looking for a good business idea, babysitter school. Babysitter school is a market opportunity. (laughs) As always, thanks thanks for listening to another episode of Self-Directed. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment below. Smash the subscribe button. Leave us a review. And we'll be back again soon with another episode.